You are now tuning in to the Unpromised 20s. I'm Angelina. I'm Brianna. And I'm Angelina's mama. (laughs) (laughs) Also named Brie. Yes. (laughs) Finally, the woman who lets us invade her house once a week, she's finally on the podcast. That's right. You're in the studio, but you're also in my house. (laughs) Welcome to my home. Well, thanks for being on the podcast this week. Yeah, thank you, Mom. No problem, honey. <laughs> so basically, I was the, okay, which guest are we going to have? Oh, let's just do Mom. <laughs> it's just easier. <laughs> this week, we don't know who to bring in, so we're just going to have Mom here. No, it's going to no. be a good episode. No, I'm important. <laughs> <laughs> no, since the I beginning, you've been begging to come on. I know. Because so. I feel like I got things to say. <laughs> I mean, you guys know that anyway. I'm always infiltrating your conversations and your friend groups and trying to give sound advice, smart, wise, elderly people (laughs) advice. But when it comes from you, it sounds better than when it comes from like other parents. I feel like you get it a little bit more. I think I do get it a little bit more because I had to grow up a little earlier. Yeah. And when you when you grow up a little earlier in life, or you're forced to grow up a little earlier in life, <laughs> over here, <laughs> had that happen to me, I think you you don't really have a choice but to kind of always remember what it's like to be young. And I think what happens is is adults forget what it was like to be sixteen, to be twelve, to be twenty two, to be twenty five. Like they literally forget because they're so overwhelmed with stress and anxiety and burnt out you know by the time that you're because you are you you get burnt out as the years go on and your body gets tired <laughs> life is exhausting but it can be fun too so. yeah so that ties in our first topic that we wanted to discuss with you perfectly um can you tell us a little about your life story for those of you who don't know <laughs> um No, I had a pretty normal upbringing. I had two very loving parents. Um, I was pretty sheltered. I had um, two parents that loved each other very much. And I didn't grow up with um, around a lot of fighting or arguing or like I have mentioned this around Angelina multiple times that that like the first time I heard the word hell was like fifth or sixth grade from like a friend at school like I never heard hell or damn or anything like that in my house and it was just that those my parents were respectful it wasn't that they were not saying that when I wasn't around because they certainly (laughs) were I know my dad's potty mouth now but when I was younger I didn't I didn't hear I didn't get exposed to a lot of that and it was a good thing and I'm trying to do the same with my kids now I'm failing at that (laughs) epically hence the title (laughs) of mama's podcast (laughs) today no, but yeah, so that was pretty normal. Um, grade school was was normal, but, um, you know, I, I wasn't like a very popular kid in grade school. I think I kind of peaked closer into high school and then really not until my early 20s. But um, high school years were were not easy, you know. I think they're the same as what you guys kind of have all experienced, some good times, some really memorable times but then some traumatizing times like bullet there was bullying back then we're talking 20 something years ago (laughs) um there was definitely bullying but it was so less invasive than what you guys have to deal with now where it's in your face on social media like you can't hide those words ever again you know somebody bullied you walking down a hall you got it you heard it nobody else not everybody heard it not everybody saw it so it was a little bit easier, I think, at that time to get over bullying than what you guys have to go through. So, but anyway, then on to the final <laughs> major <laughs> moment, memorable, traumatic, but game cha- game-changing moment in my life um, was finding out that I was pregnant at 17 years old. <laughs> was 17. Were you like, holy shit, like, I, I had to read this wrong. <laughs> Wait, I so well. First ask, off, you guys broke yeah, up so, prior to finding out. Right? Absolutely, we. So, <laughs> I found out that I was pregnant four days before I was leaving for Westchester University. Like I had gotten into school, I had gotten into college. It was summer of my senior year. It was like mid-August, and me and him had just broken up. Now, granted, her dad was my first real boyfriend, like first legit bro- boyfriend, first everything <laughs> we're gonna get <laughs> i might have you edit that part out later. <laughs> but yeah so like it was 
it, it was a couple weeks before I was leaving for school, and he was in the same mindset. Like, we had been together for well over a year. It was a long time, like half of my junior year, all of my senior year. And we decided mutually, because he was on one path and I was going away to college, you can't stay together. But if you're in high school right now and you think you're going to make it through college <laughs> with your high school boyfriend, when you two are in two separate colleges or two separate lives, Paths. not happening it's not happening honey <laughs> you may circle back but it's not going to happen so we knew that we had the wherewithal to know so it's not like we broke up on you know horrible Mm-mm. terms so then i find out and then and literally i found out because i was going to get my depot shot to prepare myself for college <laughs> in the proper way <laughs> protecting yourself but in order to get that renew depot shot you have to um take a test especially if you're beyond your three months so a depot shot i don't know if you guys know this but it lasts three months and it's supposed to protect you from getting pregnant supposed to <laughs> hence <laughs> supposed to hence case in point may not 99.2 percent effective the 0.8 percent is over here um no so it's supposed to but so they gave me the test and i was at like a planned parenthood i did not have an open line of communication with my mom about that kind of deep stuff so it wasn't like i had someone holding my hand through that that process um so i went and i took the test without any hesitation like thought everything was gonna be fine just sitting on that edge of the you know the paper thing on the you know I'm talking oh yeah about, like on the edge of it and like the stirrups are over here but i'm like fully clothed just waiting to get my shot like okay can they just get it over with test? like mm-hmm. what the hell so I actually got up because I was waiting a while and I got up and I opened the door and the girl was walking down the hall and she was kind of looking at me funny. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I was just wondering what was taking so long. And she's like, your test came back positive. And I was like in the doorway and I, I just lost my legs. Like I completely lost my legs and just hit the floor like shock. Just, I mean, when you're not prepared for it, as I'm sure you have told your story, too. Have you told your story about being um, ill-prepared? No. All right, that can be the next episode. She's like, I'm waiting for that one. I'm still processing it. <laughs> You're st- you still don't believe that. You're pregnant. <laughs> You're in full denial. Well, at that moment, I had no choice. And I fully, I fully felt it. Like, I felt the fear. I felt the anxiety. I felt the fear of unknown. Everything. You're so overwhelmed. But I also felt like, okay, I got this. I know what I need to do. Like, I I didn't have doubt. I didn't have uncertainty. I just felt, and I don't know if that was, like, God's way or just me knowing that it was meant to be at that time. But I was completely engulfed with, my life's going to take a different turn, and now i got to figure my shit out now. Mm-hmm. And I was 17. Like, I was turning 18 September 20th. So for me now to look at like when she was 17 or when, you know, my other kids are turning 17, one already passed 17, the other one's coming up. I think like it really, it really makes me proud of who I was at that time because I was a kid. Yeah. Like I was legit a kid. So Stop, I love her. <laughs> yeah, this is like therapy talk. No, it literally it is. is. Look, we're all tearing up. <laughs> oh my God. This is supposed to be funny. I'm supposed to be funny. No, at the end, you're going to be like, oh my God. So I want to do that every week. I know. Yeah. This really is. You know what it is? This is unfiltered stuff, you guys. Like, podcasts are totally, that's why I love listening to them. They're unfiltered. Yeah, you can edit at the end, but. It's it's not like social media where you can filter, 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 take 25 shots and then do the best one and then filter it again. Like mm-hmm. this, I would have never thought today that like I would I would get welled up or have like a moment of like, wow, I'm 17 again and I am. <laughs> so, yeah, so it, it definitely humbles me now and it makes me proud of who I was. But I was completely engulfed in this is what I got to do. And I need to make sure that I take care of this kid with or without anyone else on board. And I did that from that moment forward. Everything changed. The path just completely changed. You were going to be an actor? (laughs) My major that I was going into Westchester for was theater. Like, I had been in 
plays. I was like, like had that nerdy side and I was into plays um, and acting. And I was pretty certain that that was what I wanted to do, wanted to do but I wasn't 100% certain. So I was just like, when I was trying to get into Westchester, I was like, I'm just going to put theater first. And then I put medicine second, actually. But when I found out I was pregnant with her, I was like, nope, okay. I need something that's stable, a fixed income, going to support me, going to support her, going to get me done quick, because like quick enough, you know, a few Mm -hmm. years. And at that time, it was a little bit easier with nursing to do diploma programs and stuff. So um, it didn't take the full four years. Now they require you to have a bachelor's at that time, even though I have it now you could become a nurse and it would only be a two and a half, three year program. So I went full force a hundred percent into that. So for people who don't know the rest of your story, <laughs> you went to Westchester. Uh-huh. I think that at that time when I found out I was pregnant and on the floor of Planned Parenthood, <laughs> <on> the <laughs> ugly tile floor that probably wasn't washed and God knows how long. Um, no, thank God for that. And then, um, because I never would have known. And I would have been at Westchester. <laughs> God knows why. <laughs> so um, having to, having keg stands and being pregnant. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, my God. So, no. So, yeah. I, I went to Westchester. Anyway, I was like, I'm still going to go. I'm moving. I'm packed. I was packed. Like, literally leaving. Move-in day. I had my roommate picked out. I was set and ready to go. So, I said, fuck it. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of Dodge. I told her dad and I let him know. And that was a whole nother side of the story. And then I told my parents and I told my parents not knowing I would get supported, but not knowing how they were going to take it and also wanting to kind of distance myself from how they were going to take it because I didn't want again, this is those moments where you you really have to be true to yourself and what you want in life and not be influenced by anyone, anybody else unless they're giving you sound advice and they're giving you unbiased advice. So I think that I just was like, I got to get out. I'm going to Westchester. So I went and I was pregnant the whole time and nobody knew. Just like how she didn't show like the first five or six months, I hid that with my red solo cup and my Sprite in the red solo cup at the (laughs) frat parties in the basement of frat parties and sorority parties safe. It was safer Mm -hmm. then. Um, but yeah, you know, just trying to enjoy being pregnant and being at school and getting credits, knowing that the credits that I could get that semester were also going to be the catalyst for transferring for nursing. Mm -hmm. So I only went for a semester and then I came home and work some things out with her dad and we decided to um I actually not I shouldn't say we we had her in May and I decided I'm starting school up she was three months old so it was mid-August and I went and started my first year in nursing school so yeah definitely you know, theater and acting <laughs> in California and my New York dreams were all over. Because, it might not be too late for you. I don't know about that. A future podcaster over here trumped all of that. So, no. <laughs> so, yeah. I But it was, there's nothing I would have changed. There's absolutely nothing that I would have done differently because – those moments that are a combination of, I don't want to say trauma because trauma is more painful. That wasn't painful for me. It was hard. It was difficult, but it wasn't pain. Um, but just like traumatic moments can cha- completely change people and turn them into stronger people. That's exactly what happened with her and, and going through that whole experience while in school, you know, trying to raise a baby while, going to school and working and trying to pay bills. And I was only 18, 19, you know? So, yeah. So that was kind of my story. I mean, 
ask away with the questions. <laughs> if you want more advice, I thought. <laughs> That's just the story. Now, do you want to know what I learned from the story? Yes, that was actually is our that, next, is question. That the next question. What's the number one thing you've learned since? Is it really? The, yeah, <laughs> since you were a young mother. I was not prepped on these questions. I always wish that I was. <laughs> All right. The number one thing that I learned. Okay. I wouldn't say it's one thing. There's three. And what I've learned is that you have to be, okay, if I could sum it up in one word, it would be secure. You have to be secure in life. Um, not even, I didn't learn that from being a mom. I learned that from be, from that game-changing moment, but also from just growing and being an adult. You have to be secure in life. And being secure in life means being secure in yourself, being secure in your future career, like what you want to do in life, even if that's, even if you know a career is way down the line and you're only a 15-year-old kid or you're 21 and you're kind of not sure what you want to do in a career or a job, but you have a goal, like I do want to own my own business or I do want to be an actress or I do <laughs> want to be a nurse or I do want to be a doctor, then it's being secure in what those steps are to make it to that. So securing yourself, securing your career and secure in love. And love is what like totally changes everything for you if you have that and if you keep yourself open to that. And it it doesn't even have to be love for like men or women or a relationship. It could be love for your family, love for your friendships, love for animals, your pet, I mean god. Like sometimes your dog <laughs> you're more in love with your dog sometimes than you are certain family members right? yes I, right yes. I mean you are and when you lose them it hurts even that much more because you know I mean you love them but yeah security for sure security I mean if you don't have that then you're you're just kind of being bounced around right so this is where the whole idea of not giving a fuck like if you don't have security and you don't love yourself, you're worried about other people not liking you. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, that's what you end up doing. You're If you're not loving your family, which it's really hard to love other people, love a boyfriend or a girlfriend or friends and be secure in those relationships, the trusting relationships there, if you don't love yourself. So mm -hmm. that's why I say you got to love yourself first. Yeah. And I didn't always love myself. Like as a kid in high school, you start to doubt like I, I was a, I was always okay with myself, but I, but then when other people start talking and like affect your body figure or you're too much like at the, now it's like amazing if you're well-rounded in athleticism and music and, you know, there's no one thing that's targeted as being nerdy or, or dorky or anything like that. Back then, if you did too much of one thing, people would target you for that. You know, you were classified. Mm -hmm. So you start to question yourself and be insecure and not secure. And you can't do that. You just, that if you, if you try to walk through life, you know, being what other people want you to be or what you think they view you as, then you're not being honest with yourself. You're not being true to yourself. And you certainly are insecure. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you guys all know people that you're like, dude, she's so insecure. He's so insecure. And you you wonder why, you know, because other people, especially their family and their close loved ones, are probably looking at them like, you're so beautiful. You're so smart. You're so kind. You're so caring. You have such a heart of gold. Why, why is she, like, all she cares about is, is what everybody else thinks. So it's, it's huge. Security is, is what my advice would be and, and figuring that out. I don't know how <laughs> to figure it out. I mean, I could give you drips and drabs, but like it comes down to really not, not viewing yourself how you think other people are viewing you. And I think making sure that you you have to know now you, I know you girls do Cause I know you girls and I know Alexis too. And I know your close group friends, like you guys thrive off of making each other feel good mm -hmm. and you guys love each other, like genuinely wholeheartedly love each other. And you want other people to feel good. Hence why you're probably doing this. Like 
you you started doing this whole thing mainly because of mental health, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you all right over there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> finding, out, finding out things about me that you were. <laughs> you could just give me a hug when we're done. <laughs> I'm gonna need it. It's very emotional. It's like five o'clock on a Sunday. I'm half hungover. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the Eagles won last night. So if you're from a different state, <laughs> go birds. Um, yeah. So this, it, it always hits deeper. And I think the tears flow a little stronger when you're um, when you had a couple martinis the night before. Right? <laughs> Isn't it easier to cry the next day? Like you just lose all your you know your inhibitions were lost the night before, but you lose it again the next day. There's another good piece of advice, actually. I would say, and I I had to learn this too because social media was late to my you know I guess I was probably late twenties like. <laughs> MySpace was my first social media outlet. MySpace. You guys don't even know what that is, do you? No, I. my cousins had MySpace, and I remember like hearing yeah. about it, but it was never something I was on. I oh, my God. It was basically like a Facebook. Rachel, like our... They had, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, she's a little older than you. you. You definitely, it was gone by yeah. you. I don't know if it got bought out or sold out, but anyway, it was like a Facebook. But yeah, so as far as social media goes, when... I I like one of the things that I learned is to not impulsively document like the video and what I'm doing. Meanwhile, I did it last night, but it was the game. So it was it was, you know, painless. And um, you're not going to look at it the next day and be like, why did I put that up there? I thought I was dancing really cute. <laughs> that was not cute at all. Like, what was I thinking? No, but I would wait until the next morning, review all those videos, document it all take all the pictures the night before with all your friends, but then edit that shit the next day. <laughs> no, but review it and and then post it. And that's where that whole like hashtag about last night came from. Do it the next morning. <laughs> yeah. like, people don't see that you missed half that blue shot down the side of your cheek. But you didn't realize it at the time when you posted it. Yeah, in the moment you're like, this is so cute. We're so fun. We're having fun and you're not. Meanwhile, the next day you're like, delete. My this boss is, so is literally following me on Facebook. Oh my God, delete, delete, delete. Like, and then it shows like, the story is not available anymore. <laughs> Pre-posted so much stuff. Why is it all deleted now? <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. So, yeah, save it for the next morning and then do about last night. <laughs> no. But, yeah, so, I don't know. Security, you know, that's what it all comes down to. And that makes you, you know, when you, if you're at a point where on social media you can you can make fun of yourself and, and be dancing like an asshole and post that shit, then you are secure in yeah. yourself. And that's what that comes down to. And you can live, you know, you can live uh, a little freer that way. I think um, going back to like friendships, I didn't realize until when we went out for your birthday and all of your girlfriends came <laughs> that you've had that group of friends i feel like forever. i've gotten a disclosure from them <laughs> all right are we going to talk about them no just um, about friendships and you didn't realize how close yeah and yeah. i didn't realize that it's like kind of the same group yeah and you guys have experienced been, so much together like that's they were there when i was had that belly just like you're here for her when she has that belly um, they were there in my horrible high school years, like late high school years, though, like closer to the time when I met her dad. Um, yeah, I mean, they so, I, so we're like I'm the youngest of the group. So they're all like mid 40s and I'm 42. No, wait, how old am I? I am 42. No, 41. 41. 41. Yeah, I'm like, wait. Okay, no, I'm not 42. 41. Oh, what am I doing to myself? Don't do that. I'm 32. <laughs> 41, um, so they're all like 45, 44, 45, right around there. Um, So they were always older. And that was kind of the thing that I think she, you know, even before I was pregnant with her, I always kind of attracted myself to, I was a little bit more mature for my age. I was very driven as a teenager and being in high school, freshman and sophomore year, like I knew I wanted to go to college. I knew I loved my friends. I, you know, like I, I was okay there. I had uncertainties about myself and some insecurities, but like I, I knew I had goals. And I think when you are kind of hell bent on being older and knowing that I want my future, I want this, I want my career, I want that, you tend to attract yourself to people that are older than you. This is like high school stuff, you know, like when you're in high school. Um, 
by the time you're 22, 23, you already know what, you know, who your groups of friends are that you've established. And I knew then that they were going to be my lifelong friends. Um, but I had a lot of other groups of friends in high school and getting pregnant with her and going away to college, but then even circling back, you know, when, when things happen to you that are easily judgeable, like being pregnant at 17 years old, I mean, it doesn't get any more. <laughs> you can line up everybody and everybody's going to have something to say about it. That is where you find out who, who loves you no matter what and who is, who's ride or die. Mm-hmm. Who is your ride or die? And we always, joke, we always joke, me and that group of girlfriends, about ride or die. And I don't know if you guys, we, we ride together, we die together. Like, <laughs> you know where that comes from. There's like a, um, one of the Fast and Furiouses, I think it was. Uh, what's his name? Oh, my God. From Paul, Fast and the Furious. Paul Walker. Paul Walker and uh, Vin, Vin Diesel. Yeah. Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. And one of them said to the other, we ride together, we die together. Like, it's got to be, like, an early 90s. I think it was, like, the 90s when that came out. So that's kind of where that original saying came from, believe it or not. And you see it everywhere now. Like, you're you're my ride or die. Whether it's your husband you say that about, you're my ride or die, or your bestie. And we've been saying it for a long time, and they joke with me. You may not know this story. <laughs> but I was not of age at the time. And, oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> Me and all the girls, that same group of girls, uh, actually um, about three or four more of them too, um, who you haven't met yet, Brie, but they were, we were all out and we were in the city, in Old City. They were all 21, but I was probably like 18, 17. No, it was before her, so I was probably like 17, 18. Um, 17, but pre-pregnant, 17. And um, it has its whole like separate. Uh, place. We're just gonna put seventeen broken it up into been two. That. It could have been. I was twenty one. We can just say I was twenty one because it's a legal thing, and they were twenty five. We'll go with that. So we were all out. We're in Old City, and we were all hanging out together, and we were just meeting new people. And it was for whatever reason back then you felt safer. There wasn't. You didn't have to worry about being roofied, or maybe you did, but we didn't know it. And. You just, you know, everybody was out to have a good time. Everybody wasn't out to shoot people and hurt people and, and stuff like that. So we met a group of people and we were, half of us ended up going into a limo with a group of guys that were out and the other half couldn't fit in the limo or weren't really sure if they wanted to go. So it was like splitting us girls up, like it was separating us and I mean, I I had maybe one drink, maybe seven. And <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> and half of them were out. My friend Star and Holly and Nicole, and they were on the outside. And then me and Amory, the idiots, were on the inside of the limo. And the guys were like, no, 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 they can't. They can't come. We can't off it. You're going and you're going. Talking about the other guys that are going and then us girls that were already in there. And I was like, no, we ride together. We die together. <laughs> All of us or none of us. <laughs> and ultimately, they were like so shell-shocked, these guys. That, and my girlfriends were just dying laughing. And I was like forget it you're done and we all got out of the limo we all went and just like enjoyed the rest of our night together with just your girlfriends mm-hmm. and said screw it to them but yes yeah, so they still to this day they talk about that they think it's funny every time we're on our we have a group chat of course and every time we talk about a, a night that it gets a little crazy because we can still get crazy at 41 um they can they party. Go. they can party uh, we can have a good time but they they'll they'll say we ride together we die together by the end of the night every night we go out in fact like three weeks ago they just said it to me so we ride together we die together when in all reality you should uber and never ride anywhere <laughs> together and don't die together. Uh, but it's the idea. You know, you know, yeah. you don't leave your girls at the club. You you all stay together. That's how you stay safe. You know, bad things happen when you separate from each other. So yeah. But uh, your group did get smaller though. Like you have your what it, it's almost like our group kind of separated into smaller groups. So you find like your ones that are just super um, tight-knit that you talk to every day or you talk to, even if you don't talk every day and even if you only see each other three times a year, we've had those years where that's happened. We've had divorces in our, in our, in my friend group. We've had tons of kids, some of us who haven't had kids. 
Um, and you, it can, and especially with COVID hitting and everything, I mean, you could go two years without seeing your friends and being able to go out. You know, you, t- you took for granted prior to COVID just going to brunch with your girlfriends or, or going to your annual dinners and you took it all for granted and you're like, holy shit, girls, we haven't seen each other in two years. And we even did at one point a... Um, like a like, Zoom? Yeah, like a Zoom happy hour. And it was awful. It was just like, <laughs> girls, like the kids are running in the background and stuff. I could only get on for like 10 minutes, but it was like, bring your own bottle of wine. And then we're all like texting and calling each other. And we're like, why are we texting and calling? We have laptops in front of us. And <laughs> nobody can hear each other because even when you're out and you, you go to dinner or you go to brunch, everybody's talking to each other. Like mm-hmm. sometimes, yes, every, there's one person who's in tears and, you know, we're venting and, and talking about our change of life experiences and stuff. But other times it's everybody talking over everybody. So the whole Zoom thing was just everybody talking over everybody. <laughs> so, but you took for granted, like how much you need that physical contact. You need those hugs. You need to feel your friends, like, you know, venting to a friend and being true and authentic, being able to be so unfiltered and so genuine and knowing that no matter what you say in that moment, like, I hate my kid this week. He's an asshole. <laughs> like, they're not going to judge you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can say like the 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 worst things uh, about yourself and they will make sure that you leave there not feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we but. Even if it's only been, you know, it's been a year and a half and you haven't, you haven't seen a friend, but you really miss them, just call them. Like, go meet up with them. You, when you do, at least I know for myself, it's as if you guys didn't skip a beat. And if anything, it makes it more of like, wow, we have so much more to talk about because we don't talk every day, mm-hmm. you know? And you need friends to, I would not have survived. I mean, talk about tears now, like, at Angelina's 21st, how many of my friends were in tears there? We saw you as a baby, Angelina. Yeah. <laughs> like, we raised you too. I mean, it does. It takes a village. And, and it, it's not even so much that they had any hands on with her or even, you know, fed her a bottle or whatever. Some of them did. But it's that they were there to support you mm-hmm. through it. Like, Jesus, Bree, this has got to be hard. You know, I was up till 2 a.m. studying for this nursing final. And this one wouldn't sleep. And, you know, I'm exhausted and I think I'm going to fail. And you have them to just be like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to you're going to pass it. And even if you don't fuck it, you know, you'll have another opportunity. You need that. And hopefully for most people, you can find that in your parents. And I think having her young made me and she'll be this way with her baby, too, um, made me realize how important it is to be a friend to your kid and to not just be a parent. There has to be a nice balance. You can't just be buddies. (laughs) You can't be too good and too cool. She had to hate me at moments in her life, and she did. Um, And if she didn't, then I wasn't doing my job. And I think that you have to also, aside from being hated because you have to be a parent, you have to you have to remember what it's like to be that age and you have to be a friend. You have to be a non-judgmental <laughs> when you want to say, are you fucking kidding me? You really <laughs> got an F. You have to say, what happened? <laughs> I thought we said we were going to study. <laughs> you know, you got to try, you know, and you got to, you just got to be, you got to be a friend too or else they could learn a lot of things that you know that you can teach them better than their friends or for, than somebody else. You know, you you want them to learn your life experiences, real life experiences, other people's experiences, you know, the laws of the land and, and how to be kind and how to grow um, in a healthy way um, and by, by, by teaching them and, and by being a parent. And, you know, that's your job. So it's, it's, you know, it's all in balance and that's, you know, balance, balance is also, I literally have the word balance tattooed on me. I think I got it tattooed on me when I was, I don't know if you know that, but I, I think I got it tattooed on me maybe 10, 12 years ago. I, that was something that, so I, I learned that security, being secure in yourself, being secure in your career being secure and finding love in life 
pets, friends, family, whatever. Um, balance was something that I learned maybe 10 years after that. And, you know, or along the road, I should say, of growing. Um, so closer to my 30s, I, I had to learn how to balance all of those things. So being secure in myself, being secure in my career. So you have to balance work. You have to balance being a mom. You have to balance your husband. You have to balance my mom misses me. My grandma misses me. My grandpa misses me. Like you have to balance all of that stuff that you're supposed to be secure about. And if one thing is more out balance than the other and more off balance, you feel it, you feel it. Right. Mm. So if you're neglecting your job or you're failing at your job or you feel like you're not being a present nurse, it's because you're, Security in your family is off. Like you got stuff going on at home and you brought that home stuff to work. So everything's not in alignment. So one of the biggest challenges in life is trying to make sure that all of those things are somewhat balanced. And the reality is they're never going to be. They're never going to be. You're ne- you, you just want to be along the same wave. But you're, they're never going to be perfectly balanced because – one of those things always needs a little bit more than the other. So if you're really just, and so many moms are, feel this way, I'm sure, have toddlers at home and they're just, I mean, haven't washed their hair in five days and probably have the same jammy pants on for the last five days, they're way off balance and they're not secure. In, they're not taking care of themselves. They're not secure in themselves. They need that day. And somebody else has to pick up on that, whether it's a husband or whatever. They need that day to go get their hair done, to go or go sit at the park and drink a coffee by yourself or sit in your car and just cry. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) Let it out, scream, whatever. And then I'll reset you, you know, or, or go see your friends. You know, and I'm I'm fucking up my kids. Johnny dropped his Cheerios and said, oh, shit. What did I do? I don't remember saying, oh, shit, in front of Johnny. But he said it, you know. And you can laugh with your friends. And by the time you leave them, you're reset. So then your balance beam goes. It, everything just kind of fixes itself. So, yeah. I'm a big fan of when I feel off um, car rides. This has been a thing that I've done since I, like, got my license because a lot of the stress was, like, you were in it and you felt like you couldn't leave. That's my – that's a whole other thing. But when I get really stressed, I just get in my car and I just drive. You get, like, claustrophobic yes, when you and feel like, stressed? I to get out. Like, you're, like, like – that's, yes. like, that's anxiety. Yeah. That's the name for it. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's our, I think we all have it at this point. Yeah. You know, just some heavier than others. Yeah. I feel like going, like, just driving for a few hours and, like, at the end, you're like, shit, I use so much gas. Like, <laughs> that is, like, the reality of it. But in the, like, in the time being, you can listen to music. You can cry. Like, if I really need to talk to someone, I'll pick up my friend, like, one of my best friends, Kate, and I'm like, let's go for a ride. And she's like, she already knows what it is. But that's, like, one thing, I think, when you feel off balance, at least for me personally. I always go for do you feel you feel like it helps too like you come back and you're 100% no it's like scary like I come back and I'm like for the time being I'm okay like tomorrow it might be another thing but like for that time like it it worked it's good that you know that already like you you know there's so many people and especially your age like you you guys are so there's just so much that you're trying to balance all the time. There's not one age group. And, and this is why I think I, I'm able to parent the way that I parent. I don't feel like there's one age group. Maybe people in my generation will hate me for saying this, but where there's one age group that's more stressed out than any other. It's just different levels of stress and it's different kinds of stress. So my sixth grader can have an enormous amount of stress on some days and I, I can feel it. I can see it in his face. I can see it based on his behavior. I can see it in his actions. Who are, am I to say that the stress that I felt that day about, you know, how I'm going to feed a, a family of eight and, and make enough food and get enough food and I got to get up for work in the morning and I'm exhausted and do this and that, that that is any more important than him saying, I just lost my wrestling match. I'm embarrassed and humiliated or he chipped his tooth and needed teeth repair or he bombed a, a test like and just had all that happen in two days. Like, And he, he, he'll vocalize it to me. I'm lucky enough to have my kids be able to vocalize when like, you know, we, we sit down every night and this would be my other piece of advice. 
<laughs> it might be too much. Maybe I should write a book. <laughs> the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, part two. Part two. <laughs> no, I didn't write the first one, so I can't take the, take the ownership for that. But my other piece of advice would be to pray. I prayed, and I have, but some people don't decide to pray or find God or, or whatever you want to say. I, I don't think I ever lost God, so I, I didn't need to go find him. But I, I started praying when I got pregnant with her, just like more of like a, okay, I believe in you. I'm trusting in you. This is the path that I'm supposed to take. But also feeling like um, you almost feel like you're, you, you kiss your, you, that, that saying, you kiss it up to God. I'm giving this to you. I'm here. I'll do, just help me along the way, hold my hand along the way. So when I, my advice would be to pray and what I'm passing down to my kids, I hope I'm passing it down to them. Every single night I go in and I pray with, with the two little ones. I don't sit at Angelina's bedside anymore. We don't, I'm not on my knees and praying next to her anymore. I'm hoping uh, she does it on her own. And my older one, I know he does. And I'll say, I'll say prayers, say your prayers, love you, good night. And because it would just be weird if I was next to my 18-year-old's bed, which I don't want to be near. <laughs> God, I just want him to watch his comforter every other day. But um, yes, I uh, know. So yeah, but the other two I sit and I pray with. And when I pray with Gray, that's usually when I'll say like, mom, can you pray for me that I do well on my math test? He's the best. <laughs> little mini Justin Bieber. It does help him <laughs> that he's such because he's such a little pain in the ass sometimes, but it really helps that he's cute and that he looks like a mini Justin Bieber. <laughs> so yeah, he's a little stinker, that Grayson. Little G money. I think that's one thing that's so cool about your guys' relationship is that you said it perfectly. Like you have to balance being a mom and a friend. I think you've made it clear that, like, there is a level of, like, respect there, but that they could come to you for literally anything. I hope so. I mean, and, and that may come in ebbs and flows and, you know, change. Like, there may be certain things that they want to go to their dad about or that they prefer to go to a friend about and stuff. But I, I having those moments, too, where you pray every night with your kids, like, that those are those opportunities. And I'll, see, I'll say to even Charlotte, where like, I know something stung her a little bit about the day, like whether she heard, you know, me and her dad arguing, or whether she heard some chaos from the other kids or something else going on. Like, Char, is there anything you want to talk about? Do you have any questions? <laughs> you know, <laughs> having that nightly moment to pray is also after you're done praying, you know, do you want to talk about anything? You want to get anything off your chest? Because I, I think what swallows these kids up, and I don't, I don't just mean kids, but like, what swallows you up in your twenties too is if you don't have an outlet and you don't have somebody asking you, "Are you okay? How are you today?" Like my girlfriends, and the, the, and I, I hope you guys do this with each other. It's always like you'll get a compassionate like hand on your shoulder or hand on your your leg and it's just like, how are you? I know you've been going through a lot. I know you have a lot going on. I know, you know, everything can look perfect sometimes through social media or through you laughing the first 20 minutes of lunch. And then like my girlfriend Cheryl will just like turn to me and just give me a hand on my shoulder and just, how are you though? You know, like how is everything? And she knows she's not, I know she's not looking for a, oh, I'm good, I'm fine. Like, it's a real how are mm -hmm. you. Not just what we so often do with each other, which is just like, oh, hey, how you doing? Short and brief. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, nobody's ever going to reply to a, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, not good. Yeah. Nobody says not good. You're Could asking you me how I'm doing. You're so caught off guard. Yeah. Like, wait, why? Like, no, no. Don't you know the proper etiquette is just saying, oh, I'm good. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're like supposed to say back. But that's not what, that's not what we want. We want as our friends, as our good friends, we want to know, no, what, what do you need from me right now? You know, as a friend and Sure, she's she's such a good gem. My girlfriends are good, you know. And you're you're gonna weed out the good ones, and I think you guys kind of already have, and you, your lives are you know nicely established. But that's something that maybe your listeners like need to know. You know, weed through the ones that genuinely care how you're doing, and genuinely want to give you what the what you need at that moment, not what they need. Um, but you have to be you have to be the same back. Like you have to be a good friend back to them. 
So they lift you up when you fall and you pick them up when they fall later, you know? Um, yeah, so I think it's just, you know, it's an opportunity when you, when you, when you, and sometimes it's, it's <laughs> the COVID took away touching it or hugging anybody. I think it's back, but it's putting the hand on that person, the, the, that skin to skin contact that goes, you know, so far back into like when you're a baby. And that's why it's like a statistical fact that a baby needs to be held by its mom and needs that skin to skin touch because to feel secure, it all goes back to that word secure. Um, but your friends need to know that, that, you know, you need to know that you're secure with them too. And when you put your hand on that person, you, you touch their leg or you touch their arm or you get snuggled up and you get close to them. They know they're in a safe space. You know, you're in a safe space and you're not just going to give them fine. I'm good. I'm great. Everything's great. (laughs) You know, when it's not great, you're going to give them the authentic. (sighs) Sometimes it's just a, (laughs) just a, you know, and they're like, I know it must be tough. And you're like, you know, you just, you evolve from that and you're able to kind of, you're able to get it out and you're able to spit out the stuff that sometimes you can't tell, you know, other people, your parents, your husband, your, you know, am I boring you? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> you, you said the huh and it made me yell. Oh, <laughs> that was the contagious, like. Listen, I'll just take a deep breath. <laughs> You're also working on your box breathing too, so that may be part of it. You kind of there's something about um, hyper oxygenating yourself that's getting a little medical. But she's been has she told you she's been practicing she's been to go natural. The videos. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you guys should all take bets now on whether or not Angelina's going to get an epidural and try to figure it out. I have faith in her. I think she can do it. I I, I truly I. Not that I have faith in her. I know that anybody can do it because childbirth is such a natural, like God-given, it's supposed to happen. So there's not many painful experiences in life, and I mean physical pain, physical painful experiences in life that happen that are natural, that are meant to happen. Like mm-hmm. you're so you're not supposed to break your arm. You're not supposed to slice your leg open or bust your teeth or, you know, get punched in the face. You're you're supposed to feel the pain of having a baby. So I'm trying to, you know, educate her and she's educating herself. She's doing a good job of it, of like this is natural pain. It doesn't mean it hurts any less than getting hit by a car <laughs> or like slicing your leg open or anything else. It it hurts, but it's a natural pain. So is it manageable without pain medication? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't like think any less if you did get an epidural, but I Not agree. I think you, I think you will, that yeah. you won't have to get one. Thanks. She's, it's, it's a mental, it's all mental. Um, and did you do it naturally? Nope. Not with any one of them. And I, I got an epidural with everyone, and I know the biz, and I know mm-hmm. that I could have done it naturally, but it was like, it's there. It's, it's safe. Hand, yeah. Yeah, it's safe. It's like handed to you. It's almost so. like the convenience of it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if you're, if you know and commit yourself to like having an at home natural childbirth, which I have my, you know, my thoughts, and, and, um, I don't have like a very strong opinion of that because, it's for me personally, it's scary because I know all the, all of the less than one, one percentile of things that can go wrong during a, a delivery that is supposed to be safe and supposed to be, um, n- natural and, and not have an issue, but it can have an issue. And if you're in your house and you don't have like the medical supplies and the equipment and the, the you know, it, it can make it difficult. So, and I think she knows that and that's why she wanted to have a baby in a hospital, but when you labor at home, it's a lot easier to stay away from getting that epidural because you don't, it's not at your fingertips. Yeah. It also changed. That's why I think that you will be able to do it naturally is because since you said you want to try and do a lot of your laboring at home and like your mom knows you're just kind of starting it off like on a total different foot than you would be if you just went into the hospital right away. Yeah. That mindset, like once you're in that headspace, you're going to be like, Oh no, I'm going through with it now. Like I already did this for how many hours at home. Exactly. Like, let's just yeah. get this baby And out. the people that make it and do the natural childbirth are those that are have educated themselves, have, have practiced the breathing, have practiced the meditation techniques, have tried to labor as long as possible at home, have set up like a birth plan. 
the people that come in, oh, I love it. I get it all the time. But they come in and they're like, well, I'm going to try not to get an epidural. Okay, did you go to the childbirth classes? Did you watch YouTube? Did you no. do anything to study? Oh, no, no but I can't, I'm just going to try. By like centimeter two, they're ready to have an epidural. <laughs> so, yeah. But if you educate yourself, she's got a strong chance if she, um, if she educates herself. But if she doesn't, it's no harm, no foul, you know. And you can. I've been watching YouTube. <laughs> a lot of YouTube. Yeah, a lot of YouTube. Has Sean been watching YouTube? <laughs> he needs he to be prepared for the bleeding and the. He practices breathing with me. The other night, Aww. he. I started laughing when we were practicing because I was like, "This is just weird." He was like, practicing with you. How was, times have changed. Yeah, like <laughs> the whole he, he. He wasn't breathing. He was counting for me, Aww. like the counting, and I was just like. Yeah, you need the support, too, if you're going to go natural. Like, you definitely need the support. Yeah, they always say the support will help. Mm-hmm. If they are, like, they're holding your hand and... Yeah, counter pressure, yeah. massage, like, all that other stuff. You could do a whole labor podcast. You could. <laughs> no, totally could. You may have to as it gets to make that week 39 of her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how close it's going to We say it every single week on here. I'm like, I can't believe it. There's so going to be great. a baby here soon. It's so, yeah, I know she didn't think it was great. You know, when she told me, like, I was like, yeah, like, I was like holding in like all my excitement, which I don't think many moms of 22 year olds would probably have that reaction. (laughs) But I get right. Most of them would probably be like, are you kidding me? But no, you did say at first you were like, is that fake? I know. I I didn't really believe you. (laughs) Is that real? Did you, are, are we sure? Um, but I was excited. And again, that's, that's also one of those things where like, you can say you're going to react a certain way to something, or you can say, well, if that happened to me, I would do this, or I would, I would, I would feel this way. When you're in that moment, sometimes you, you end up being a completely different person than you think you're going to be at that time. And she, I was like, Everything in me just felt like support, support, this is going to be okay. And I don't know if it's because obviously I did it, you know, I was in her same shoes. It's difficult, but it's such a positive experience at the end of it all. You know, like once you wrap your brain around, okay, I am having this baby, but you're not there yet. (laughs) No, you are. You are. I think it'll really hit you once, like, I mean, like everyone says, like once she's on your chest and you'll be like, oh, wow, she's here. Yeah. <laughs> your your stuff everywhere, all the baby's clothes now and everything. Yeah, that, that was kind of like a choked up moment for me coming in today and being like, "Whoa, that wow!" There's a lot of stuff here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this, this is making it way real. This is really real. There's going to be another baby in this house. There's going to be. It's so. It's just awesome. You know, I'm glad you're going to get this experience. You're going to be like, I hate it at moments <laughs> at 2 a.m. when you're exhausted and you have dark circles under your eyes and you're like, oh, God, what? The Eagles played yesterday. I don't even know what day it is. What day, what day is it? <laughs> you know, you're going to be lost in world of babies and diapers and sleep deprivation. But heard, it's yeah. just, I mean, it's it's a game changer. It's going to make you who your future self is. That's what it's going to, you, you know, you think you're tough now. You think you've been through experiences, and then you have a baby. And it's, you know, it was meant to be, for sure. Yep. To think that I thought that it was going to be a boy. <laughs> I was, oh, I de- love I was it. dead set. I was like, it's definitely a boy. I love that. That made my job so much easier, knowing ahead of time that it was a girl, and and prepping for the reveal and everything. It made my job so much easier Keeping you it a secret. Emily we were, were dead serious. Like, yeah. Yeah. You guys completely convinced her it was a boy. I was like, okay, it's a boy. <laughs> I just wanted to duck and cover like every time I saw her because I'm like, I just want to spit the word out. Girl, girl. <laughs> you just want to spit it out. Like, And then I convinced myself I saw a penis on the you ultrasound. You did. You were like staring at the ultrasound picture. <laughs> Where is it? I'm going to find a testicle. <laughs> she had completely convinced herself. I was like, all right. Gotta resume nursing school. <laughs> Back to the ultrasound course. <laughs> it did, we, did look like find, it. It did look like it. What did we what did we figure out it was? I think it was uh, a femur yeah. or something. It was one of the one of the leg bones. <laughs> hey, when that it happens. Would, it would have been a really big big um uh, <laughs> 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 a baby. Oh my god. 
This is way too easy. No wonder you guys do this every Sunday. It's fun. fun. <laughs> um, so I think one of my last things I would have to ask you is what's something that you wish you could tell your younger self? To, oh, let me think this over. Like how young? Like pre-Angelina Young. What would I, what would I tell my younger self? To not give a fuck. <laughs> no, but to not care so much about what you think other people think. I think that I, I did it a little bit less than most people did. I, re- I really, I, I had drips and drabs throughout my entire life now so far where I was really worried about what other people think, thought about me. In high school, there were periods, but I wasn't engulfed in it. And I think some people really, really get engulfed in their whole life is is worrying about how other people are going to view them. Um, and I think that that would be you just you lose yourself. So you you you're given one life. You're here one time. You're given one life. You don't have to. Not everybody needs to like you. They're not going to mm-hmm. when you have eight of your girlfriends and they all think you're super funny and they love you. There's eight other people that think you're annoying. AF. <laughs> they think that girl drives me crazy. Oh God, Bree's here today. Like they don't think you're funny. They don't think you're nice. They don't like you, whatever. And I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to have other people like you. You have to like yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to respect yourself. Other people do not need to like you. You know, you want the people you love to like you, you know, so you, and the, they do. You know, there's that what is that saying? Be who you are and say what you feel. Those who matter don't mind, but those who mind don't matter. They don't matter to you. If if they mind who you are, what you say and how you feel, then they don't matter, you know? But the people that matter to you are just like, go ahead, be yourself. It's it's your time, you know? Be crazy, be wild, be be angry, be hurt, be whatever you need to be right now. I'm here, I got, I'm just, I'm here. I'm mm-hmm. here for you. So yeah, so I would tell your younger self, just just don't care about what other people who don't matter think. You know, be who you are, say what you feel. There's people in life, like what I, I want people to remember how I made them feel. Like I want my friends to know that they were always in a safe space with me. And I, I want them to remember how I made them feel. Not what I bought, not what I had, not what I did, not... People aren't going to remember that stuff, but they're going to remember how you made them feel. They're going to remember that when they were at their worst moment in their life, that Brie and Emily were there for her. You know, they're going to remember, they're always going to remember that. And even if you're not in her life, which isn't going to happen, but if you're not, (laughs) 20 years from now, she's going to be able to say to the baby, when I was found out I was pregnant with you, I had Brie and I had Emily and I had this one and they were all there for me. Yeah. You know? You learn from your own mistakes. So you 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 learn from your own failures. There's nobody that's successful. No movie star. There's no actress. There's no um, president. There's no famous football athlete that didn't fail at some point in their life, that didn't mess up, that, that didn't get, no, you're not getting this part, mm-hmm. or, you know, no, you can't go to this school. You can go to that school, but you can't go to this school. And it's those failures and those no's, those moments that you learn, what did I do wrong? You know, sometimes it's you didn't do anything wrong, it's them. But sometimes when you fail, you did do something wrong. You know, you you didn't throw the ball fast enough or you, you know, you weren't the best nurse that day. What did I do wrong? What would I do differently? And whatever you learn from that moment is what makes you successful, like in the next code. You know, if I feel like I had an unsuccessful code at my hospital and I did something wrong, 
I, you, you debrief afterwards. I mean, that's just like yeah, a, a policy thing, right? Like I, in the hospital, but you also, I take that home and I review every second, every minute of that code. And usually it's every second that you're reviewing because life is, you know, those moments are, it's, it's every second that counts, but you think about what you could have done differently. And that failure, that thing that I didn't do at that moment is what then may save another life or what I then learned from it and I, I will change to be successful the next time. So it can be something as small as like, you know, just writing a paper for for school and you got the D instead of the A and your teacher tells you everything you did wrong. Well, what do you learn from what she taught you? And then you get an A on the next one because you she taught you correctly, right? Or it can be something as big as, the code cart key sucks at the hospital and it didn't open and we almost lost that life. Luckily we didn't, but we almost lost that life because of this that didn't work. Then all of your things change after that. You learn from that, that failure, from that, that incident, from what went wrong, you change it all and moving forward, everything else goes right and you become successful. So yeah, I told you we could keep going. <laughs> and do you have anything for your mom before we wrap it up oh god i don't know if i want any of the questions <laughs> no <laughs> filter the questions i feel very unfiltered, <laughs> unfiltered. i think it's the microphone in your hand too that makes you like oh, okay i gotta be real i gotta be honest <laughs> therapeutic yeah, we had our ups. I hated her in high school. <laughs> mm. uh, be, That's like, not a question. Like sophomore, <laughs> <laughs> but I think you did a pretty good job. Uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Not too shabby. You yeah. didn't do too bad. Well, you're giving me a new role, which is kind of cool, and you can kind of you know take that with you as like I'm teaching my mom something. And that's the thing. As parents, we always learn from our kids too. You're gonna teach me how to be a grandmom. Yeah. Like I don't know how to be a grandmom now. That's one thing I don't yeah, know how so to do. Back off, mom. I'm the mom. Yeah, you're the mom. <laughs> I, oh, don't worry. I'm not stepping on you. You're too controlling. <laughs> you can handle it. But I'm here to help. It's like that's all you, girl. Uh huh. It's a, it's gonna be a completely different role, so it's. I need a grandma name. I still need a grandma. I know. Grandma. Wait, what are the options? We should yeah, have. Our, we should options? have our listeners. Bunny. Like, Bunny. Bunny. Bunny's one of the options. It's because it starts with a B. Yeah, so that kind of it puts it up there. Bunny is funny because when I talk to the girls at work and friends, they either love it or hate it. There's no in between. Either it's Bunny. What? Why would you be an animal? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, at least I didn't say kitty. I mean, it could be kitty. No, that was no, on the list. No. Remember? Yeah, no. we're taking that one away. Um, no, you think but, of a stripper? Oh yeah, I wouldn't have thought that kitty. Yes, mom. Kitty stripper. with ears. Now coming down the pole to center stage, we have kitty, kitty with her ears. She only has eight lives left, people. <laughs> um, or Gigi, um, Nana, or not, or Nana. But nanny, nanny, or ninety-two-year-old nanny is still alive and well, so I can't, I can't take nanny. But I did always want to be a nanny, so maybe not. I feel like you're too young to be a nanny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it would have to be like a spinoff. Like Gigi's cute. I like Lovey. Lovey is cute. It is um, Chris Jenner's. Oh, the Kardashians mom Mm -hmm. theme. I do feel like a manager sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um. What else is on that list? I don't well, remember. my stepmom's lovey because of her two neat. Oh, they call her lovey? Yeah. Oh. I didn't know that. All right. Well, that one's out. So we can't um, have two loveys. No. Because my nieces got to it first. Yeah. <laughs> lovey? What was the... Gigi's uh, also cute because don't you call your grandma Mimi? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mimi, Mimi and Gigi. There was Lolly. I saw Lolly on a trendy grandma name Lolly list. and Pop. Lolly and Pop, yeah. And, you know, J- Jason wants to be El Padre, so I was like, well, what am is I going to be really like, Mama Steve? Yes, that's what he wants it's, to be called. You know what's crazy is at first I was like, absolutely not. But now because we've said it so much. He's like, not El Padre. He, uh-huh. He's El Padre to himself, but my kid's yeah. not calling him <laughs> El Padre. He's going to be secretly like coming in your room and being like, my name is El Padre. <laughs> <laughs> Just telling her over and over again, it's El Padre. <laughs> 
No, we'll find another. I like he glammy. Glammy. She doesn't like glammy. I like glammy because, like, I don't know. It's you. You got to be glamorous, and you're going to be a grandma. <laughs> I don't feel very glamorous. I feel hungover. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> Tired. Lethargic. Um, no, I don't know. But yeah, ask your listeners. What's a cool grandma name? Now that you named all the other ones, it makes me like Bunny less. Like at first I liked Bunny, but I really like Gigi too. Yeah. Gigi. Cute. What about Nana? You don't like Nana? I do. It's very Italian, and I'm not very Italian. I have Italian in me, but I'm not very Italian. I don't know. I feel like that's also like a little bit older, but maybe that's just because it is of little, like it is I'm, older. Well, there's not many 41 year old grandmoms in general, <laughs> but that's partially my fault. <laughs> Definitely 60 percent my fault because I was the 17. You're the 22. So yeah, add it together. More my yeah. fault. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, some way. Well, thank you for being on this week's episode. Thank I'm you. Happy to. I really think people are going to appreciate listening to like a total different point of view. You know, yeah. the older lady's point of view. Yeah, but it's not <laughs> like you have like you know uh, just anyone's mom coming on. Like you, you, you do kind of get I it a little bit, so some. it makes it a yeah. little bit easier to like digest and pull apart when you're giving it like advice. That's empathy. You gotta. I don't. I don't forget what it was like to be your age. You know, and that's, I, I think that's got to be everybody's point in life. You walk through life and, and if somebody's experiencing something, you, you just put yourself in their shoes. What do you think they're experiencing? Even if they're 11 or they're 18, <laughs> 22, 85, 65, you know what I mean? You got to just, when you think they're being crazy or, or unreasonable, just, you gotta, you gotta be empathetic and think about what it was probably like to be in their shoes so yeah there's another p.s <laughs> <laughs> in the end of it well this thank is you. fun you're welcome will you come on again yeah <laughs> i would love to this is super fun when i can drink we could do a wine night one <laughs> yeah oh god i don't know <laughs> i'm I, saying like if we were crying sober today like imagine if we were, were drinking, drinking wine. wine oh my god we'd be a mess <laughs> i'd be hugging her you were the best thing that ever happened Imagine editing, you're like, oh my god, the next day, this is so awful. <laughs> That's that about last night thing. Yeah. That's where you do that. <laughs> oh, this was fun. Yeah, I'll do it. Awesome. Uh, hopefully I'll have good advice in the future. I'll have some G-mom advice. Yeah, there yes. you go. <laughs> well, here's your friendly reminder to tune in every Monday for a brand new episode on Spotify and Apple Music. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok. We love you guys. And don't forget to do what makes you happy since tomorrow isn't always promised. Bye. 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 <laughs>